0: 18
1: plus Let's do it. This is the SEC
0: Insider Hit
1: and it's presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue.
2: Oh, good morning. A couple of days away from the NFL draft. We're heading to Vegas. Thursday morning we'll be there looking forward to it out of bounds ESPN 1059 the zone we believe that we'll have two guys drafted from Ole Miss and Mississippi State what one apiece Charles Cross Matt Corral in the first round although there's some debate around uh, whether Matt Corral will slip out of the first round I don't see it but we'll see what shakes out. Everybody's got a different opinion, that's for sure. I've read two articles on theathletic.com, and I feel like I'm chasing my tail on uh, what people think about these NFL QBs. We want to welcome in our friend Mike Natillier. He's been covering the draft for over 30 years. Uh, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Mike joins us on the Corona premiere guest line. Our show is powered by Sound and Communications, soundcomav.com. Mike, do you remember where you were? when you heard about when Mike Ditka was the coach of the Saints and you heard about the Ricky Williams deal?
1: Yeah, we were uh, doing – we had heard the rumors all week, okay? Um, That was somebody in the front office that was um, uh, talking out of school. Uh, They they thought it was way too much uh, to give up for Ricky. And so it sort of got leaked out. Uh, to, uh, I was doing coverage at that time, Buddy Deliberto, and so Buddy and I, uh, we had heard it all week long, and there were a couple different people there that was totally against it. Thought it was way too much uh, to give up for Ricky. And uh, so, we doing draft coverage at the Saints facility, outside. Uh, At that point in time, the Saints had sort of teamed up with WWL and allowed us to do draft fests, uh, in outside of their facilities where the public could come and everything else. So, and we could see it, uh, sort of breaking down. And once Indianapolis took Edgerton James, I knew it was going to happen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, a short time, but people went crazy. It, it's, uh, it's one of the moments for me uh in you know cuz I knew it and I said it that seals the deal. Well, Ricky Williams is going to be a member of the Saints. Uh, I'm driving back home and I hear ESPN radio and I hear myself say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had actually kind of captured that little point in time. Uh but uh, that's where yeah. I was. We we did it and man Uh, Mike comes on stage and he, Mike had difficulty sort of walking real good, and our stage is high. We actually had about three guys actually help us uh, pull him up on stage, and he was like uh, Julius Caesar uh, addressing the Romans. (laughs) He he was holding court that day, and uh, one of the first things uh, he tells me, you know, Mike loved to play golf, was that uh, hey. uh, a uh, uncle's going, and one of my uncles was would play golf with him, and he was like, "Hey, your Uncle uh, Harvey's going to play golf tomorrow, right? I'll be there."
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
3: Chumba.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: I'm not kidding you. <sighs> so uh, that was it. Basically, they picked Ricky in almost end of day, and that that was it. And but uh, that was the first thing when he got on stage. He uh, um, he tells me, "Hey," he says, so "Uncle Harvey's going to play golf tomorrow morning early, right?" I said, uh, "He does every Sunday." Why? He says, "Well, I'll be there." <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: It's still unbelievable that Mike Ditka did this in the Saints. I mean, uh so for our listeners, you're looking at uh seven eight picks, first first round, third round, first round, third round. I mean, Mike Ditka just gave away everything for a running back and I know the league had yet to transition totally. But uh holy smokes, that's uh yeah, he, that's incredible. He
1: really thought that rookie would be his version of Walter Payton here in New Orleans he he really thought that way um, didn't really care for Edward and James very much um, uh, the interview with with him and Edison I think didn't go extremely well and so but uh Ricky Ricky could charm you now if he wanted to and that that was a feature of him and when he really wanted to term up the charm he was really good at it. And uh, Mike bought into it, and he really thought that he would be his version of Walter Payton. And had he not traded the picks away, uh, Mike told me later he would have picked Cade McCown, uh, who was the left-handed quarterback in UCLA. CLA. gracious. Yeah, that's what he told me. He said, I, I would have gone with Cade. Um, he, he liked his toughness, and, you know, he had a limited career, but, uh, you know, so I'm not sure what's worse, giving up all the picks <laughs> or, or, or seeing Ditka pick. Because he, he totally uh, didn't want to hear anything from the scouts. He wanted his players. Uh, he and Oh, yeah. He had a little list, and that's who he was going to go with. It didn't matter what scout rating uh, or what formula they had. He was going to pick his guy.
2: Mm, mm, mm. Well... That didn't work out.
1: Uh, No, it sure didn't. Uh, He he became the – well, he wasn't the first celebrity coach on this team. Um, Mm -hmm. Hank Stram was the first celebrity coach. But he did it – man, he stuck his chest out a lot farther than Hank did. Mm -hmm. Put it to you that way. I mean, Hank uh, had his ways about things. But, man, Mike was really something. Uh, and, you know, and nothing interfered with his golfing, nothing really. Oh yeah. Nothing interfered with that. Kevin Mowai came in for a visit when he was leaving Seattle. He ended up signing with the jets and Kevin had to be there for seven o'clock because on this Saturday, Ditka had an eight thirty tee off time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. oh yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, Mike, compare. Sh- All right, so I read Jeff Duncan's book, but you, you're you a Saints insider. You've been there for years. I mean, Sean, but that's when it really jumped off the page at me of Sean Payton and Drew Brees and the grind. And Payton's quotes of I don't know any other way. Uh, compare Sean Payton's schedule to Mike Ditkus. Mike.
1: Oh, the, there's no way you could compare it. Um, you know, Sean trying to burn that midnight all till he can't anymore, and especially early in the week, uh, that that was something because he does our uh, uh, he does the Sean Payton Show or Saints Coaches Show uh, on a Monday, and you know he's so enthralled with that, and a lot of times he would be late to do the show. Uh, on radio because he was watching film or he saw something uh, that, you know, he wanted to take a longer look at. And you could tell. He, he wanted to hurry up and get off to go back uh, to watch. And he would stay there late. Uh, I'm talking about twelve thirty, one o'clock on a Monday and a Tuesday. It wasn't that late later in the week, but he – in comparison to Mike, I mean, come on. There, there is no comparison. <laughs> Mike let all the assistant coaches do the film breakdown, and then on Friday, he would try to come up with the game plan himself.
2: Oh, good grief.
1: Now, that wasn't Sean. Sean would always come up with the game plan early, and then there was a sort of a powwow where him and – to look over what plays would work and what plays wouldn't. And Drew had a lot of stroking in that. You know, I'm not real crazy about running this play, and let's do it. You know, let's shelve this, and let's do that. But as far as work ethic, man, it's not even close. Nothing uh, in comparison at that particular point. And, again, Mike had become this celebrity coach. I don't know how Mike did things in Chicago, but when he was here, it wasn't that way at all. It was golfing early in the morning, take his nap at 1.30 in the afternoon. Because George Hallows did it. And, and he would always tell me that, I take my nap at 1.30 in the afternoon. He said, uh, Coach Hallows did the exact same thing. OK, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, you know, because some people, they're so regimented that, you know, they kind of forced themselves to take that little nap. Uh, but, man, Mike, uh, Mike had retired, but he just hadn't told everybody. You know, he had really sort of semi-retired. He hadn't told anybody about it, but uh, uh, you can't compare the work ethic uh, of at the end with Ditka and Sean. Sean was a grinder to the end, and even at draft time, Sean would, uh, he met numerous times with Bobby and I, and would talk about, you know, I know the top 100 players really well. So I said, what happens when you get to 101? He said, well, that's why we got scouts. He said, I rely on them. But, man, he was in the draft. Those first three, four rounds, he knew those players really well. Uh, now, after that, you, you, you can't expect that that coach is going to know every little bit because, you know, during the football season, he's keeping up with the NFL game, sure. he's not watching college football. But Sean really, really had uh, a lot of insights on the early picks. He he knew those guys really well. I'm not sure where Ditka was pulling some of the stuff he was pulling from. Good
4: grief. And I,
1: I assume... He was getting that from a third party. He was getting that from someone he trusted uh, in some scouting capacity, but he was not involved with the Saints.
2: Uh, what an absolute cluster! I mean, Ditka was fifteen <laughs> and thirty-three, and just you know gave away the farm for a running back. Not that Ricky yeah, wasn't productive. His I mean, he had two one-thousand-yard seasons at the Saints and had some great.
1: Um, yeah, uh, I'll never forget. I mean, people went crazy that day when they picked Ricky. I mean, it's as big an explosiveness from a crowd that I've ever seen on a draft day that I've done when they pick Ricky. Even Reggie Bush did not have the excitement of uh, Ricky Williams in the trade. And Roe Brown, who was a long time. Um, media person, worked with Channel 8 and Channel 6, ABC and NBC, and he was working for NBC at this time. He walked to the stage and said, hey, listen, when you get a moment, I need to interview you. I said, okay. And, man, the crowd was going absolutely nuts uh, with, with Ricky, and they were waiting for Ditka to come there to speak. So I jumped off stage. I did the interview with Roe, and I told him, I said, what do you think about... Uh, You know, the uh, deal for Ricky Williams, man, they gave up a ton, didn't they? He looked at me and said, yeah, why is everybody excited for us? I said, well, because they're bringing in a star. He says, "Uh, who's going to play quarterback? (laughs) 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 And he was just dead panned about it. Who's going to play quarterback? And and he was absolutely right. But that was just Ditka being Ditka. And, uh, again, it went to show he – This is really before free agency hit real hard in the NFL, Mm -hmm. that he was sort of out of touch with how the league worked, how the scouting department worked, everything else. But it was year one with him that he gave me a comment that I still sort of shake my head about, and I knew he was not totally engulfed into the draft. The Saints picked Chris Neoli, who was a a guard from Colorado, who was a good player, but, you know, he wasn't a signature player, and they picked him in the teens. Uh, And so, but he was a Ditka favorite. Ditka loved him because, man, he was an aggressive guy, hardworking kid, everything else. And my highest-ranked player at that time was Tony Gonzalez on the board. So, as we talk, and he'd come do the interview right after the pick. After When we talk, and I asked him uh, off the air before we went on the air, man, what do you think about Tony Gonzalez? Ah, nothing more than a glorified receiver. I know. And I'm like, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but it really, that pick, it came down to either Neoli or Mark Dunn who was a uh, Baton Rouge native, really good player, too, at Florida State. And and he had a good NFL career. Uh, But uh, it came down to those two guys, Neoli and Warwick Dunn, and he he just sort of dismissed Tony Gonzalez. Uh, He's nothing more than a glorified receiver. Yeah, and a damn good one. (laughs) Hall of Fame. That's why he's in the NFL Hall of Fame, too. But Mike couldn't even pick out another tight end. That was the other part. He couldn't even figure out that – That, you know, Gonzalez would be such a big impact player in the NFL. And that's when I realized totally, and this is early in year one with him, that he was way out of touch uh, with the NFL. Sounds like John Gruden before John Gruden. Years away, he didn't learn anything.
0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?